Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. All right, we got the reel to reel set up. The tape is rolling here on Growing in Grace, the Growing in Grace podcast at growingingrace.org. Also, check out the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps. They're available uh, all over the place you know, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and you can find us on, like I said, your favorite podcasting app. Lots of different ways to do things these days. We used to have to do it. You know, you have to have a show on the radio or something like that. And online, it's just so awesome how um, we can make this stuff available. And all the past podcasts available at growingingrace.org. Been talking about some righteousness and, and how we've been made righteous by God's grace through faith apart from works. By the way, I'm Joel Brzezicki, along with Mike Kapler, this guy right here. Hey, hope everybody's doing okay this week. Um, continuing on with... Uh, what we've been covering for a number of weeks now. We were talking about Paul and James and some of the discrepancies between comments made in their writings. And um, the last couple of weeks, we started looking at some of the things that Paul said, because there's a, quite a, a treasure trove of, of things to tap into that Paul said throughout his many letters that we find in what is called the New Testament. And they do contrast some things that James said. That's why after spending quite a few weeks looking at James and Paul and that whole scenario. Now we're just going to take a look for a little while here at some of the things that Paul said uh, regarding faith, uh, grace, salvation by um, by that alone. Uh, and so we uh, covered a little bit here in Romans so far with some of what Paul said. And some of these we're probably going to hopscotch through a little bit quickly. Some we might stop to expound upon a little bit. But uh, I, I know last week, uh, Joel kind of left off with Really, uh, the beginning of Romans chapter 5, those first couple of verses, was a summary, even though it's a new chapter, uh, it, it was a summary of what Paul had been saying up to that point so far. And that was basically, now that we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's by faith, apart from works. And we have access now by this faith into grace. And this is where we stand. This is where we abide in Christ, who is grace. Uh, and we rejoice in this hope through the glory of God. That That's our hope. I mean, that that's where we place our trust. That's where we stand. This is our guarantee. If it's based upon us from this point forward and what we do or don't do, or are, are we doing enough? Do we pray enough? Do we read the Bible enough? Do we go to church enough? Do we help other people enough? Do we give enough? Do I swear too much? Do I smoke too much? Do well, well, you know? You start coming up with this huge list, uh, depending on what church you go to, probably, and you start wondering where you stand with God eventually. Well, that, that's not where we should be. That's that's not where we should be. Otherwise, it, it, you know, because if 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 our our standing with God, our right standing with God, our our eternity, if it's based upon our ability to obey or if we disobey too much, or we're not just doing this Christian thing good enough, you just start to wonder where you stand with God. And and that's that's just not a good place to be. And Jesus would have died for nothing if that's what it depends on. If we have to start if we have to start depending upon ourselves, then why did Jesus have to die? So let's look at some more of these passages here, Joel. 
Yeah. Yeah. And um, so <clears throat> Romans 5, you were just talking about the, the first verse. And I like, um, I just like how Paul says things and how he makes this so clear. Moving on in chapter 5, in verse 6, he says, For when we were still without strength, that's us, you know, this wasn't, this isn't about our own strength, what we can do, how powerful we can do, how, what works we can do. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And that brings me back to, I think, uh, a ver- uh, passage you had talked about from Romans 4. And I just wanted to highlight Romans 4, 5, what um, Paul says here. Romans 4, 5. But to him who does not work... So again, it's the per, and I've said this a lots of times in the last several weeks, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the people who do really good works. No, justifies those who have faith, but also have works. No, Paul says here, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. So the ungodly, those who have not trusted in Jesus Christ yet, your faith, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, it's accounted for righteousness. So suddenly you move from the category of ungodly, even if some of your works might be considered ungodly, your faith is accounted for righteousness. So no matter what your works are, because again, he says to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. This is really, really good news. Does it, um, are we celebrating ungodliness? Of course not. Are we telling people it doesn't matter what you do? It doesn't matter how you live your life. We're not saying that at all. Paul was not saying that at all. But he is saying that while we were still without strength, We couldn't do a thing for ourselves. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. This is why Christ died. This is why Christ did what he did. This is why Christ offered himself on the cross. This is why Christ became a man and did everything that he did and went upon the cross, shed his blood for us. He decided to do that on his own will, because of his own will. It was God's will that this was done. And so God demonstrates his love for us, it says in, in Romans 5, 8, moving on a little bit uh, further here in uh, Romans 5. But God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, might as well move on to the next verse. Much more because this is so good. Having been justified by our sweat and tears and confessions and <laughs> Everything, no, having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. What part of that did we play? We simply believed. Blood, sweat, and tears. Wasn't that a group from the, the hippie <laughs> yep, days? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesus took care of all of that for us. Um, and, and then, you know, Paul, so Paul gets accused of, teaching this cheap grace stuff, it becomes evident as he brings it up twice in Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? And so he addresses that a couple of times here in in Romans 6. But 
So let's go to 15, verse 15 of Romans 6. What then? Shall we sin? Because we are not under law, but under grace, certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are the ones, uh, you are that uh, one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Having been set free from sin, that's the spiritual reality, but having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Um, and he goes on to say, I'm speaking in human terms here because of the weakness of your flesh. But so we have become the righteousness of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I, and I really like what you were nailing there in, in Romans 5. I mean, Christ died for the ungodly. You know? So <laughs> again, to use the phrase, it, it's not a quid pro quo. There is an exchange involved. But it's God exchanging our sinfulness for his righteousness. Remember, we did nothing right, but he made us right. Whereas, you know, Jesus became sin, the Bible says, even though he had never sinned. It goes beyond human reasoning to try to figure that out with some sort of mental capacity. It goes so much deeper than that. And even those of us who sort of get a glimpse of an understanding of what that means, we really don't, and, and I think this is what eternity is going to be for. We, we will continue to learn. We will continue to grow. We will continue to receive greater uh, revealings of what God, of who God is and what he has done, uh, specifically, especially through his son, Jesus Christ. But um, I was going to um, maybe land us in, in Romans 7 here too, Joel, if we uh, want to keep going. Yeah, that'd be good. It's so important that we understand all of this stuff because so many people are confused. I was confused. Cap, I know you had some things in your life that weren't adding up when you were hearing this mixed message you know, previously uh, many years ago uh, about, yes, we understand faith. Yes, we've got faith, but you know, there's some things that we have to do. There are various things that we have to add to it all in order to maintain salvation, in order to you know, keep this thing going. And Paul makes it so clear in all of these things that it's not by anything that we do. There's no part that we can play. There's no work that we can do to make any of this stuff add up. It's all the work of Jesus Christ. And so, so many of these, you know, all these writings of Paul really make this clear. And yeah, and <laughs> I love Romans 7. I mean, he, this is another one of these passages that I think gets taken out of context. At the beginning of Romans 7, he talks about, he talks about a marriage, and a lot of people take this as a passage about Christian marriage, that this is uh, how Christian uh, husbands and wives are supposed to live. But he's really not talking about Christian marriage. He's using the example of marriage under the law in order to talk about, in order to make the point that he had to die to the law. So he talks about the law having dominion over a man as long as he lives, the woman who has a husband, she's bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she's released from the law of her husband. And so we're, we're thinking, ah, this is Christian teaching, but stay with us because it's not. So then if her husband lives, she marries another man, she's called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she's free from the law so that she's no adulteress and 
uh, though she has married another man. Therefore, see, here's the therefores. Therefore, my brethren, I'm saying that, I'm, I'm using that example to say that you have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. So the example is that, you know, under the law, if you were married to someone and if that person didn't die and you married somebody else, you were an adulterer, you were an adulteress. But if the husband died, you're freed from the law. So he's saying, I'm using that example to say that in Christ, here's what happened in Christ. You who were under the law, basically you Jews, you had to become dead to the law through the body of Christ so that you could be married to someone else, to Jesus. And do you see what he's saying here? In order to be married to Jesus, in order to be joined together to Christ, he's telling them they had to die to the law, to die to their works, to die to their own sense of accomplishment through what they could do, to him who was raised from the dead so that we should bear fruit to God. Definitely, we'll talk more about this because it, it talks about, you, you see right there, the way that they would bear fruit to God was to be dead to the law, not to be trying to do the works of the law, but to be dead to the law. So we'll have more on Paul's words next week about being dead to the law and there being no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thanks for listening and be back with us again next week for more Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.